Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start Luke chapter 17. Luke 17 is kind of a short chapter, not very long, but it is just, it it is full uh, of content. I mean, heavy, heavy, heavy content uh, from uh, uh, forgiveness to uh, the a Pharisee asking Jesus about the end times and and, and when that's going to be taking place, and um, so. It's going to take, when I wrote the notes for uh, Luke 17, it took five podcasts to cover this chapter. It's, it's absolutely the longest chapter in content that I've ever covered. I think the most podcast I ever did on one chapter was uh, uh, three podcasts. And Luke 17 is going to take five podcasts to cover because it, it is just so heavy with content. And... Uh, what I'm going to do when uh, I get to the end in, in, in the fifth podcast and talking about the end times, I'm just going to be very general and very brief because Jesus says nobody knows the hour or the day. Nobody knows when Jesus is coming back. We know that everything that needs to happen has already happened. Jesus could come back at any moment, at any time. And so I'm going to stick with what Jesus said. I have no idea when Jesus is going to come back. But When we get uh, to that part where the Pharisee asked Jesus about the end times, I want to give you some things that you can Google, that you can study, and you can look up. because It's it's very interesting to talk about, even though nobody really knows exactly what they're talking about. Because we're taking writings that are thousands of years old and trying to apply it to today's time. And I'm not convinced that that's the way it should be. And, And I'm definitely no expert in it. I just know that we need to be ready. And uh, and when when Jesus does come, then then we're good. Uh, that's very uh, a simple way to put it, but it's a truthful way to put it. Be ready for when He comes, and everything's going to be okay. So uh, let's just get into Luke chapter 17 because there, there's going to be a lot to cover. And Luke 17 one through four, it absolutely. If if you have any desire to follow Jesus Christ, if you have have any desire to have a heart for God, like he's been trying to get his disciples to to have, and he's been trying to convince these Pharisees to to have a heart for God and how they're supposed to be showing God to people, uh, these first four verses absolutely slap us in the face with the content because uh, there's something... uh, that it's something that is very difficult, and 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 the reason why I say it's difficult because if we've been hurt by someone in a certain situation, if somebody's made a decision uh, that that has hurt us, or they continue to make that decision, and they and they continue just to drive that dagger into our back, um, and and continue to go against the will of God, which is what sin is, and we're going to talk about that uh, later on. But uh, it, it, it makes this passage very, very um, hard and hard to follow, hard to, to do, really. And sometimes we just have to ask God to help. Well, actually, we should do that all the time. 
but sometimes there's just, just some certain situations where a person a person has been hurt so bad that they just they they can't do it on their own and and we have to to have the help of God. We have to have Jesus and the Holy Spirit to help us with these certain situations. And so I know many of you that are listening to this podcast or are watching on YouTube that that you have been in 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 have been hurt and and you know what I'm talking about when I talk about that dagger being stabbed in your back when when you when, when I talk about going through pain and being in pain and and, and how the person who uh, has hurt you shows no remorse they they could care less they show no reaction they 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 don't even care how much pain or how much hurt uh, that you're in. They don't care how you cry yourself to sleep at night. They don't care how you cry all day at work or or you're just, that's all that you can focus on and that's all you think about all the time and, and how you're filled with uh, depression and anxiety because of what they've done to you. And and, and so um, it, it, this is a very, very hard um, concept and a, a very hard thing to talk about and a very hard thing to do uh, that we're about to cover, and and uh, uh, I, I just want you to, as we go through this, don't just shut it out and say I can't do that. What what I want to challenge you to do is is uh, to pray for the person who has hurt you. Pray for that person who has caused so much pain uh, in your life, and 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 um, and ask God. To help you um, to deal with that person and to deal with the situation, and 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 ask that that God would change their heart, um, because we need restoration, and and we need to forgive. We need to pray that repentance would come in their lives, and restoration would come in their lives and our lives, uh, and. Like I said, um, and when we forgive, and we'll talk more about this in just a little bit, the forget forgiveness is for us. It's not for the other person because, like I said, they don't they, they could care less many times. Uh, but forgiveness and letting uh, letting go of that pain and and those feelings, it, it, it's for us. I'll just put it that way. But let's get into Luke seventeen and verses one through four. Luke writes this. He says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, There will always be temptations to sin, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. It, then, if there is repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day, each time he comes back or she comes back, she turns again and asks for forgiveness, Jesus says, you must forgive. So let's break these four verses down. And, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you, this podcast is only on these first four verses. We're not going to get very far because, uh, like I said, this is a very deep subject. This is a very touchy subject with a lot of people. And like I said, maybe you're listening to this podcast, you're watching on YouTube, and, and you've been hurt, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And when you hear the word forgive, you instantly shut it off and say, nope, I'm, I can't do that. But you can. 
I promise you, you can. Just just keep listening, keep watching, please. And if you know somebody that is hurting, uh, if you know somebody that's in this, just, just been beat down by somebody or has been uh, hurt so bad, and they and 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 you know they're in and they're dealing with anxiety and depression because of the situation, and you know they're struggling with uh, unforgiveness. Share with them this podcast, please, please. But um, Jesus starts off telling his disciples, he says, there will always be temptations to sin. You know, it was funny because uh, this this came up um, this week because this past Sunday, um, me and a a guy at the the church I attend, uh, we were walking out, going to our cars to go home after the service is over, and we started talking about this very thing. And we were talking about temptation and sin and, and how easy it is to sin. And, 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 and I told the guy, I said, you know, the devil is good at his game. Now think about it. The devil is good at his game. He is very good. The devil knows us very well. He knows our weaknesses. He, he knows what will get our attention. He knows what will get our focus off of God and on to a certain situation or a certain sin. And that, that, that's what temptations are. It's, it, temptations are things that are designed to pull our attention, our focus off of God and away from God. Because if, if Satan or if the devil can get our focus off from God, then he knows that he can slip in there. And, and we can, can the, the more he slips in and the more our focus comes off of God, because as long as our focus is on God, we're drawing near to God and God is drawing near to us. But, it, it, but it, it's like this. Uh, one day, my wife was driving down the, the highway and uh, she saw somebody pull over on the side of the highway. And the natural reaction, we all do it. Uh, she, uh, we, she had looked to see uh, if she knew the person was pulled over. You know, the, we just looked to see. I don't know why we do it. We're just drawn to it. Every time we see somebody pulled over the side of the road, whether getting a ticket or whatever, we look. And when she looked, she was going. It was a straight highway. The the part where she was at, and and but she didn't realize. But she was looking to her right at what was going on. And she had veered to the left, so she crossed over the yellow line just a little bit. And her mirror on the driver's side caught the driver's side of a mirror uh, of a car coming toward her. And it could have been a head-on collision. It could have been really bad. But thankfully, it was just mirrors. And I was able to to pay for the guy's mirror and get it fixed. But, um, But just looking her focus... What should have been on the highway, but instead her focus is over here on on the police car and the and the lights and and the action that's going on and and the person inside the car to see who's getting a ticket or what's going on was there a wreck or whatever, and 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 it just caused her to veer just a little bit and boom she has a wreck, and I had to replace the guy's mirror. Well, that, that that's what that's what that's what Satan does. He, we're focused on God. We're going down the straight and narrow because that's, that's what Jesus said. The, the the way to heaven is straight and narrow, and the few be there that find it. And so we're 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 focusing on God, and, and we're walking the straight and narrow. And, and 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 the devil starts throwing these fiery darts that that Paul talks about in Ephesians six. That's why we put on the whole armor of God. And 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 so we're these temptations come, 
And and Satan is trying to throw us off our game. And and he, like I said, he is good at his game. And 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 so I, I want to talk about this, this for just a minute. I want to talk about how what Jesus said. There will always be temptations to sin because that person that hurt us, that person that we're supposed to forgive, that's exactly what they've done. They 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 have given given themselves to temptation and their sin has hurt us. And Jesus says, this is always going to be around. Even for us, we can do the same thing. We can make the same choice, maybe in a different way or do a different sin, but we can we can sin and, and we can hurt somebody else just like the person has hurt us. Because Jesus says there's always going to be temptations to sin. And look, the devil knows us as good as we know ourselves or even better. And he knows what gets our attention. And he knows what will get us to fall or to get our, our our focus, our attention off of God. Because the Bible says that the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him, he is very crafty. He is cunning. In Genesis 3, chapter verses, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from the uh, from any tree in the garden? Of course we may eat uh, fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It, that, that's Eve talking, right? It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. And God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. You can know both good and evil. If you just take that fruit, you'll be just like God. That's what that's what the serpent, Satan, or the devil tells Eve. And so the woman was convinced, and she saw that the tree was beautiful, and it looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. And so she took some of the fruit, and she ate it. And then she gave some to Adam, her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame and their, at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Well, Paul says in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, he says, put on, the whole, put on the whole armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes or the strategies of the devil. But listen, going back to Genesis 3, 1 through 7, now the serpent, that's that, that was the devil because uh, God's going to pronounce judgment on Adam and Eve and the serpent. And he says, your, your seat, you're going to be, my, my he will crush your head. Uh, there will be enmity put between you and, and, and the woman or the man. And uh, and he pronounces all this judgment uh, on um, uh, or curses, if you whatever you want to put, however you want to put it on on Adam and Eve for for sinning and going against his will. But he it, he starts off in Genesis three. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild an, uh, animals that God had made. And like I said in Ephesians six, Paul says that that. that Put on the whole armor of God so we can stand against the, the schemes or the strategies of the devil. And and, and and like I said a while ago, the devil is good at his game. But we're going to talk about in a few minutes how the devil, he uses the same three things that he used in the Garden of Eden uh, with Adam and Eve. He uses the same three things against us even today in 2022, thousands of years later. 
Even though he's good at his game, his game has never changed. He's got the same game plan. He's got the same strategies. Uh, he, the, Satan is the master deceiver for Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 14 that Satan can appear as an angel of light. And that's why I said he is the master deceiver because he can transform himself into an angel of light. And, and, and I, I kind of get the picture of... Um, of, of uh, Simon the Sorcerer in the book of Acts when we went through the book of Acts because Simon the Sorcerer was using trickery. He was using kind of like magic and he had deceived a whole village of people, a whole town of people. He, he, he was going through Samaria and doing these magic tricks and people thought that he was just like some god or something. Little G, not big G, but little G. They just looked up to Simon the Sorcerer. But then when, when the apostles came through and working miracles, he saw that and wanted that because it was the real deal. See, he wasn't the real deal. But he appeared as the real deal. And that's what Satan does. That, that's how he deceives us. So we, we have to be very, very careful at who we're listening to, what we're looking at, and, and, and what direction we're heading in. And, and, and here's the thing I want to say. If it does not line up with the Word of God, stay away from it. If it does not line up with the Word of God, stay away from it. Over and over again, especially I believe it's in John's letters, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, he talks about testing the spirits and seeing where it's from. And if it's not from God, stay away from it. Because Satan is the master deceiver. He's going to appear sometimes as an Sometimes he's just in your face. And he's going to dangle the carrot because he knows our weaknesses. And he's going to go after our weaknesses. He's going to use those things that get our attention to draw us away from God. But sometimes, if that doesn't work, he's going to appear as an angel of light. And it's going to sound good. It's going to sound right. And it's going to sound just awesome. But there's behind the scenes... It's like it, 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 it's not right, and it doesn't line up with the Word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, no matter how good it sounds, stay away. That's, that's my best advice to you on that because that, that, that's dangerous. Dangerous that Satan can appear as an angel of light. So he, like I said a while ago, Satan or the devil, whatever you want to call him, he, he uses... Uh, the, the name Satan means opposition, by the way, and I've covered that before in, in times past. But he is uh, he is in opposition to God. He is in opposition to the work of the Holy Spirit. Satan is in opposition to to what Jesus has done. He he knows his fate, and he he is trying to get us not to go to heaven to be with Jesus, not to go to heaven to be with the Father and the Holy Spirit, and and, and with our loved ones that have passed on on before. He wants us to be in misery. He wants us to to be in anxiety. He wants us to be in depression. He wants us. To not focus on God, but to focus on other things because he, he wants us to be in hell with him for eternity. And, and, and we want to be in heaven, or at least I hope we do, want to be in heaven with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit for e eternity. Um, but like I said a while ago, the devil or Satan, he, he uses the same exact tactics that he used in the Garden of Eden when he tempted Eve. And he got her to eat that fruit, and she gave it to her husband, Adam, and, and he ate, he took a bite. Now, uh, I want to say this before we go on. A lot of people say when they talk about this, they use an apple. The, the, Bible is, does never, the Bible does not say it was an apple. It just says fruit. So we don't know what kind of fruit it was. 
Um, but and, and that's no big deal. But, I mean, stick with the Bible, people. It, it wasn't an apple. It was just some kind of fruit. And God said, don't eat it. And they ate it. And sin entered in. And, and like I said, the devil uses the same tactics that he did then as he does now. So we should be able to recognize then what is going on uh, when temptations come our way and that it's not of God, uh, that it is of the opposition of God, it is of Satan. In Genesis 3, 2-7, through it says this, and I read it a while ago, of course, because... Uh, uh, he says, you, you can't eat from any of the trees of the garden. And the woman says, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. See, he twisted, twisted what God has said. And, and, but he's getting the woman's attention. He's, he's striking up this casual conversation with Eve. And, 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 and that's what he's doing. And, and she says, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you'll die. And he said, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. He, he's he's kind of right. Because when we think of, when Eve says, if we touch it or eat it, we're going to die. We think of death as, as, as in heart's going to stop beating and we're going to stop breathing and, and we're going to die. But die means separation and that's why paul says in romans 6 23 the wages of sin is death the wages of sin it separates us from god yes sin does bring death because they in the garden they had perfect communion with god they had it made they everything was given for them it had never rained water was coming up from the ground and watering the earth they had all this food they had all these animals they had it made they had perfect communion with god and the serpent kind of takes God's truth and twists it a little bit. And he says, oh, you won't die. In fact, you'll be just like God. You can know both good and evil. Because right now, they don't know evil. They've never sinned. Sin has not entered in. It's a perfect place to be. They're in perfect communion with God. God's coming down and he's talking with them. He's hanging out with them. It's like a, it's like heaven. It was a place of perfection when God created uh, the earth and, and everything in it in Genesis 1 and when he created man and when he created woman everything was fine everything was perfect up until this moment right here when he deceived her he had this casual conversation with her and he he got her attention and he got her to take her focus off of God and what God said don't eat that fruit from that tree As a matter of fact she even added something because I don't believe God said don't touch the, the tree or the fruit. because it, and, and I can see why she said this. Because if you have it in your hands, then you're going to be tempted to eat that fruit. So she's, she's saying, we don't, we don't even need to touch that. Maybe Adam told her that. I don't know. But but uh, stay away from it is what God's, God's telling her. And, and now the serpent has gotten her attention away from what God truly said. And he's twisted what God said. And he's telling her... You know, you know, you can be like God. You can, you can, it, it would, you can have the best of both worlds. You can know both good and you can know evil as well. And and all you have to do is just go take a bite of that fruit, and you, you and your man, and and you'll be just like 
God. And verse 6 says, The woman was convinced, and she saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it, and she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. Well, how they know they were naked? They didn't know they were naked before. Maybe they did know they were naked, but there was no shame in their nakedness because they were. It was a place of perfection. But now they have sinned. They have. They have done exactly the opposite of what God said not to do. And that's what Satan means. His name means opposition. He, he, is, he is the opposition to God. He, he is the opposition to what God wants us to do. And, and, and now he's gotten their attention or her attention off of God onto this tree. And now she's thinking, I can be just like God, not realizing she's already in perfect communion with God. And so she goes to the tree. Not only does she grab the fruit, pick it off the tree, but she eats the fruit and she gives some to Adam, and as soon as they eat that fruit, their, their eyes are open. I mean, their eyes are already open, but they realize, hey, we just messed up big time. We just blew it. And so they're, they're, they're ashamed at their nakedness. And, and they sold, uh, they took fig leaves and they sewed them together and made some kind of covering to, to cover up their nakedness the best that they can. So for a period of time, right, they're choosing to do what's right. Uh, and I'm going to go through my notes here to try and, and, and make sure I haven't missed anything about what I wanted to say. But they chose to do what's right. Uh, the, the tree was, yeah, this is, this is good. Listen to this. The, the tree... Uh, was beautiful. That, that's what the Genesis three says. The tree. She saw that the tree was beautiful. Look, that that tree was beautiful. Ever since God planted it, ever since God made it grow, and and that fruit was dangling from it there in the middle of the garden. They could. They had all these trees, all these vines. It grew all these different fruits and all this stuff. And and God had provided for them. They, they had everything that they needed. And they've probably passed by that tree a gazillion times and didn't think anything about it. But now that, that, that Satan has come along in the form of this serpent and got her attention focused on this tree, that's all she could think about. And, 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 and she's like, man, that tree is beautiful. Man, that, that, that fruit looks delicious. And, and, and the more she thinks about it, the more... She begins to desire the fruit from the tree. The more that she desires to be more like God, that she can have the best of both worlds. Both, she can know both good and evil. And that's, that, that's why uh, the Bible says to think on these things. Think about these things that are God, things that will build up your faith. And, 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 and think about things that are pure. Just all of these things that are godly. Because if, if we get our mind off focus and we get our attention off of God, Satan starts dangling this fruit, the, whatever it is that, that gets our attention, and that's all we start thinking about. And if we're not careful, if we, don't, if we don't ax that, if we don't cut it at the roots and get rid of it immediately, then we are, it, it sticks in our mind. 
in the back of our minds and we're thinking, oh man, I, I want this. I want that. I've got to have that. And it, next thing you know, that's all we can think about. And it takes over and that fruit looks, it looks more, it looks yummier and it, it you know, and it looks so good. And until the next thing you know, the fruit's in our hand and we take the bite. We go all the way. And that's when, that that's when sin enters in. They took the bite and they they have done exactly what God said not to do. They ate of the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden and sin has entered and they were ashamed. And like I said, ever since the Garden of Eden, the devil has used the same three tactics that he used with Eve to get her to take that fruit Take a bite of it and give it to her husband, and sin entered in. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, John says this, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and the pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does not but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So in this passage in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, John tells us the three things that Satan has used since Genesis chapter 3 to get us to get our focus off of God and onto the world or on to these uh, temptations that can cause us to sin, which causes us to be separated from God unless we repent. It's the lust of the flesh, number one, the lust of the eyes, number two, and the third thing is the pride of life. And, that, 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 and we'll talk more about this in just a second, but before we go on, I want to say this while I'm thinking about it. You know, Jesus says, wherever our heart is, there are there our treasure will be also and he 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 compels us he asked he tells us let your heart be set on things above things that are in heaven where moth and rust cannot eat away at it it, it, it can't be corrupted because things of this world just like john said they fade away everything that we crave it fades away i i want to um i i want a corvette so bad i've I've wanted one. I've wanted one for a very long time. I'm talking 20 to 30 years, but the the, the Corvettes that I could afford are already 20 years old, and they've had multiple drivers. We I don't have any idea how they've been driven, how they've been taken care of, and the payments are still outrageously high. And so I refuse uh, to get one because I don't want to pay that kind of car payment for five or six years or whatever. I, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to have that kind of payment. I, I'd rather just save my money. And, and and you know and just keep on wishing that I had a Corvette. But you know what? If I had the cash money to go out and buy a new Corvette, hundred thousand dollars, and bought the top of the line Corvette, that thing could sit in my garage and never be driven. But you know what's going to happen to it over time? The paint's going to fade, moisture's going to get to it, rust will start coming. And over time, that car it's just going to fade away. It's just it, it's just going to turn to rust uh it, it it's it's going to fade away and so that that's what uh that's why Jesus said we should put our our focus on things above because when when we 
and here's a word that we don't like, when we work for the kingdom of God, when we're out there producing fruit of the Spirit, when we're out there telling people about Jesus, when we're out there helping the poor, when we're out there helping uh, the orphans, when we're helping the widows, and we're we're doing things for the kingdom of God, we're, we're getting all these deposits. For when we get to heaven, we're going to be rewarded. But if our focus is on things of this world, if I gotta have nice clothes and I gotta have the top of the line shoes and and, and I gotta have the best house and I've gotta have the biggest house in the block and I've gotta have the nicest car, I've gotta have four or five car garage and I've got I've gotta have all this money in the bank and I've got and I'm not saying it's okay to have nice things, but if that is our focus and that is our goal, and we're having to work several jobs to be able to pay our bills and, and to be to be able to have all this stuff and it's taking us away from the what we're supposed to be doing for the kingdom of God and that's where that's where our heart is and that's where our treasure is, the devil's winning because he's using the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life to get our focus off of God and, and, and onto things of the world. It's just like it's it's no different than Eve sitting in that garden having having a conversation with Satan and, and, and getting her eyes focused on that fruit and going and picking that fruit and, and taking a bite of that apple. Because if our and just take a just a quick assessment of your life, you know where is your focus? Where is your heart? I mean, your bank account will tell you that. If you're if you're not work if you're working all the time or you know to pay your bills and and you don't have any time or very little time for God, like if more of your time is being spent on things of the world than it is with God, then there's a problem. If your focus is on getting more stuff than it is on building the kingdom of God, then you may be getting duped by Satan, and you you may want to check yourself. and And I, I and I say that out of love because uh, I it, I've had to do a reality check in my own life, and 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 when, going through Luke seventeen, I'm telling you, it's like the Holy Spirit just punched me in the face, not slapped me in the face. Punch me in the face and about knock my lights out, and, and, and this is a, like I said, it's a very heavy chapter, and we're going to cover it and get through it. But I, I'm 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 just telling you, and and, and uh, pleading with you to to listen to what Jesus tells his disciples right off the bat. He said temptations are out there every day, and they're going to come all the time, and, and it's like never ending because Satan is trying. To throw you off your game, and he is good at his game. Even though he uses the same three te- tactics, he used way back in Genesis chapter three: the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. But he's good at his game. But God is better, and and and, and we're weak as human beings. It's easy for us, like I said, to veer off the road just a little bit to go over that yellow line but our goal is to stay on stay you know stay in your lane bro keep your focus that's why uh, our our base passage for the grinded podcast is hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 that says we are to keep our eyes focused on jesus and that's why i'm pleading with you in this podcast today to to listen to what jesus says temptations are always going to be there but but he said he's going to tell the disciples in a few verses later to watch yourselves, watch yourselves, and that, that's my plea to you is to watch yourself. Um, 
and matter of fact, get this, the, the devil even actually used the same three tactics on Jesus himself in, in uh, when he, in, I believe it's in Matthew chapter 4, when, when, when Jesus was baptized by John and he was led out into the wilderness for 40 days. He, he, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights out in the wilderness, no food, no drink, and, and, and he's going to be tempted or tested by Satan himself. And, and, and the devil uses the same three tactics on Jesus that he uses on Adam and Eve that he uses on us today. He tells Jesus, he says, turn these stones to bread. He, then he takes him to the pinnacle of the temple and he says, jump off so your angels are rescue you. And then he's going to take Jesus to the highest mountain peak and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and he tells Jesus he says bow down and worship me and I'll give you everything that you see and you know Jesus defeated him all three times but even with Jesus he used the same three tactics the lust of the flesh turn his stones to bread the lust of the flesh uh, and the lust of the eyes or the pride of life um, and, and and Jesus says, say, and, and that's we haven't even got past the very first part of verse one yet of Luke seventeen, and we won't in this podcast. We'll pick up in, in the next podcast here in a few minutes. Um, but I want to finish up by covering just a couple more things and reiterate some things that I've said because this is huge. This is very very important in our lives in our spiritual lives. Jesus said there will always be temptations to sin. And why would he say that? Because Satan exists. He wants us to fall. He wants to distract us. He wants our focus to be on sin and not on God. Listen to this. He, Peter is a very good example. At one point, Jesus told Peter, he says, get behind me, Satan. Jesus Look, Peter in the face and called him Satan, which means opposition, because uh, Satan, uh, or uh, Peter was trying to keep Jesus from going to the cross. Jesus just said, "I got to go die on the cross. I'm going to be betrayed." And Peter says, "No, I ain't going to let that happen." And he says, "Get behind me, Satan," because the God's will is for Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Peter saying, "I ain't going to let that happen." That's opposition to God. So Jesus says, "Get behind me, Satan." But here, here we have Peter who's one of the strongest pillars of the faith, right? He starts it all. He is. He has the keys to the kingdom. In Acts chapter 2, and the Holy Spirit falls on him, and he, he's the one that stands up and preaches uh, that message about how the people are the ones who crucified Jesus, and they need to repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus. And so he has the keys to the kingdom. But in Luke 22, 31 through 34, Jesus says to Peter, he says, Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat. And he says this in, in Luke twenty two thirty one through 34. He says, Simon, Simon, that's Peter. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And, when, and you, when you once have turned again, strengthen your brothers. See, Jesus knew he was going to fail. Jesus knew that, that he said, I'm telling you, Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat. Have you ever seen anybody sift my, my, uh, wheat? My, I know my mom, I remember when I was a kid, she had this thing, this little can, and you put flour in it, and it had this thing that would turn. 
and it would and it would take you know if there was any kind of trash in the flower it would send the flower down through this mat this uh, netting and uh, mesh net or whatever and the flower would be clean when it was landed in the uh, plate down below and the trash would be caught by the net and and Jesus is saying how that people take the wheat and they sift the wheat to get the trash out of it, to get the good parts right. And and, and and it's you know it's easily done and, and 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 Jesus is telling Peter he says look Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat to get you to fall and you know what you're gonna give in and he does he he said Jesus says you'll deny me three times that you even know me and Peter says Lord I will die with you I will never never deny you he he says it right here in Luke twenty two thirty one through thirty four. He says, he says, I pray for you that your faith may not fail. And once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus knew that, that Peter would deny him. Jesus knew that, that Peter would give in to the temptation very easily. And Peter says to Jesus, Lord, with you I am ready to go both to prison and to death. And he says to Peter, Jesus says, I say to you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied me three times that you know me. And even though Peter was, he vehemently said, I will die with you. I will go to prison with you. I will never, ever deny you, Jesus, three times. I don't know the man. Wasn't you with Jesus while Jesus is uh, being uh, on trial and being beaten before before he even goes to the cross i don't know the man i don't know the man i don't know what you're talking about and the third time that peter denied jesus the bible says he was he was so mad and angry that he was cussing i'm telling you i don't blankety blank boo, 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 boo. i don't know the man and, and, and one of the gospels even talks about that peter turned and G, he saw jesus and jesus was looking at him eye contact and that rooster, rooster crowed and peter ran off and just was tore up because he did, he, he had been sifted like wheat. Even after Jesus told him, this is going to happen. No, it'll never happen. Oh, it's going to happen. But you know what? When it does happen, once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Even though this pillar of faith was so strong, he was so strong, he denied Jesus three times. And even when Jesus is on the cross, Peter is nowhere to be found. All of the disciples, because they all agree with Peter when he said, I'll never deny you. I'll die with you. The Bible says, likewise said they all. They all agreed. All 12 of them, or the 11 that's left, said that they would die with Jesus. But they all deserted Jesus. They ran. They were scared to death because they thought they were going to be next. If you think about Paul, one of the strongest followers of Jesus that has ever been in 1 Corinthians 10 12 he says he says therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls that's what Paul says to the church at Corinth if you think you're standing you, you may think you're the strongest Christian ever guess what Satan is stronger than you are I know the Bible says greater than he greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world that's Jesus that's the Holy Spirit but just because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and we're walking with Jesus on a daily basis, brother or sister in Christ, let me tell you, <laughs> we can fall. 
We, we can get our focus off of Jesus, and, it, and it's so easily done. That's why I use this example of Peter. That's why I'm telling you that Jesus says that, that it, 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 temptations are coming on a daily basis, and they're coming all day long. And he tells the, he's going to tell the disciples, watch yourselves. So watch yourselves. And if Peter can drop the ball, guess what? I mean, Peter was walking with Jesus on a daily basis. He 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 was he he was everywhere that Jesus went on a daily basis. He saw the miracles with his own eyes. He ate food with Jesus. He 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 had meals with Jesus. He he was with Jesus day and night for three to three and a half years. But yet he denied that he even knew Jesus. So I'm 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 sending out the warning. To, to check yourselves before you wreck yourselves. You, you you need to take an assessment of where you are in your spiritual walk. Where are you in your walk with Jesus? Where is your focus? Because temptation, you know, it, it, what happens is when we sin, we become callous to sin, and it no longer affects us. It no longer bothers us, and we just start living a life of sin and don't even realize it because we've become so callous to it that we're like we're like Eve we're just we eat the fruit and you know and and we try to cover up with our with our our, our leaves and God comes along and says no I got to make a sacrifice for you and that that that's that's what's so awesome about this because Peter uh, Jesus knew Peter was going to sin he knew that he would deny him but he says once you have returned strengthen your brothers and that's what's so awesome is that Peter did not stay in the sinful condition. He returned to Jesus and he was forgiven. And forgiveness is the very point uh, that Jesus is going to be making in this passage, in these first four verses. And I'm going to cover forgiveness in the next podcast. But I want to, st- I want to end the podcast with 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, where Peter says, Stay alert. Yeah, he 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 knows what he's talking about because he he had denied Jesus three times. Even though he was strong in the faith, he 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 messed up. And and he says, "Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So stand firm against him and be strong in your faith." Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. So I want to remind you of this, that Satan is alive and well. He is the great deceiver. He's coming after you. Stay alert and always be on the lookout. You are not alone. Like Michael Jackson says in the song, you are not alone. You're not alone. You have a, a family of believers that surround you, that are, that are ready to help you at a moment's notice. And, and we are praying for you. And hopefully you are praying for us as well. If you have given in to sin, stop it now. Repent. Change directions. That's what repent means. Change directions. And ask God to forgive you. And guess what? He will. He, forget, he, he forgave Peter. And he says, Peter, when you return, strengthen the brethren. And that's what I'm, I'm asking you to do. Stop your sin. Repent. Ask God for forgiveness and strengthen your brethren. Thank you for listening today. We'll pick up with uh, in the next podcast with the same verses, Luke 17, 1-4, and we'll talk about forgiveness. Because that's what sin does. When we sin... It not only affects us, but it affects the people around us, and people are hurt. And I 
pray that if you're in that situation that somebody sinned against you and you've been hurt, forgiveness is tough, man. But we're going to cover it in the next podcast, and I hope you'll stay tuned. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.